You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to get to ahead on this edition of the show. It is a Twitter Tuesday. As requested on Monday, you guys responded with questions in mass. We'll get to as many of them as possible on today's show. Talking football, basketball, and a few other notes beyond those two anchor sports for the Cougars. We'll also catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, some awards handed out so we'll touch on all of that ahead on today's podcast it's all brought to you today by our title sponsor sonos experience the game like never before with the sonos arc the premium smart soundbar for tv movies music gaming and more visit sonos.com to learn more all right without further ado here on this tuesday let's dive on in this is the locked on cougars podcast for january 18th 2022 You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing great out there on this Tuesday. And a quick reminder for you guys, if you have not done so already, please make sure to leave us that rating and review. We talk about that a lot. But also, if you'd like to be a part of the podcast in the financial sense and be a sponsor here on the show, we'd love to have you guys be involved with it. Locked on BYU at gmail.com is the email address for you guys to be a part of the show. Uh, we get you guys in front of thousands or in, I guess in the ears of thousands of BYU fans, both locally here in Utah, as well as nationally, and in some cases internationally. So if you have a company, a service, or a product you'd like to advertise with us about, we'd love to have you guys be a part of it. Once again, the email address, locked on BYU at gmail.com. All right, let's talk some BYU sports here, my friends. And I threw it out on yesterday's podcast. If you did not listen to it, was Martin Luther King Day edition. Some of you working, some of you were not. Well, I threw it out there and said, I'd love for you guys to send in your questions, answer whatever you guys have got for us, and I'd love for you guys to have your say on this show. And I had an interesting one come in from our good friend, our resident Aggie fan, as I like to call him. I'm thinking he's a minor BYU fan. Let's be clear about this. That's our good friend, the Aggie fan, Dan. He threw this out. He says, I just listened to today's podcast from yesterday and it was an interesting episode. My question this week is, do you think BYU is more of an Olympic sports school, soccer, volleyball, track and cross country, or a money sport school? Speaking of basketball and football. Okay, this is an interesting question, especially considering, as we talked about last week, BYU finished number one in the Learfield Directors Cup standings the first time they have ever finished first in that voting. A pretty impressive thing that BYU is doing as an overall athletic department to be competing at some of the big dogs as a so-called non-Power 5 school. They will be Power 5 soon enough, but to be ranked number one amongst some of the who's who of college sports is very, very impressive for BYU. And I think it's kind of the uh, empathy I guess what I'm trying to say, the, the the reason I guess is what I'm trying to say for Aggie fan Dan's question here. But I got to say, the answer is it's the latter. They're a money sports school. BYU's identity is tied up so much in football and men's basketball that I, I think that the other sports are nice. But let's be honest, the sports that pay the bills, the sports that garner the most eyeballs, BYU football was one of the top five most tweeted about football programs in the entire country this past year in 2020. That 
shows you the reach and the overall pull that BYU football has. And BYU men's basketball has plenty of pull in its own right. It's got a rich legacy, a rich history. As I mentioned on yesterday's show, it's the only school in state right now that is on track for an at-large bid. Obviously, one of the big big sky schools, Southern Utah and Weber State, could make it out of the big sky, but that's a one-bid league. You have to win the conference tournament if you want to go out of that league. BYU is on track to make the NCAA tournament. So long as they don't fall flat on their face here in the next month or so, they will be playing in the big dance in March. I think it's all about the money sports. And that doesn't take anything away from these other sports. The run that the women's soccer team made to the College Cup final. The women's cross-country team has finished in the top three in the women's cross-country championships the last three years. A lot, top two, top three. The men's team has won a national title in cross-country. There are so many accomplishments for all these other sports at BYU that should not go overlooked. But let's also be honest. There are two sports that pay the bills and, as such, get the lion's share of the credit slash attention for BYU. That is men's basketball. That is football. Women's basketball, it's great. They're ranked number, they were 18. They moved up to number 17 yesterday in the national polls after two more West Coast Conference wins. They're 14-1 on the season. I've advocated for you guys that are basketball fans to watch this women's team play, but I also understand the reality that it's not going to get the same amount of eyeballs as the men's basketball and even the football program are going to get. Those are the two sports that are the engine that drives BYU athletics forward. There's no doubt about it. It's really cool to see all these other sports having success, but it's all dependent on the success and the overall money-making ability of the football and men's basketball program. When they say the football program is the front porch of a university, they're not kidding. It's absolutely the truth, and it is very much the case for Brigham Young University. But nonetheless, I think it's fantastic what the BYU Athletic Department is doing as a whole. Now, related to this on the football front, let's answer another question here that has a football tie to it. That comes from our good friend Nick Chadwick. Nick, you are as loyal a listener to Locked On Cougars as anybody, and I appreciate you for doing this. He sends in this question. Please tell me there are rumblings of D-line slash linebacker help coming from the portal. Two defensive tackles and a new linebacker will make us so much better. Now, Nick, let me be straight up front about this. I believe that uh, Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider slash Give Him Hell, the Give Him Hell Brigham, the podcast, pointed this out. If you would count down the numbers of BYU's defensive line unit right now, you just go in and look at the guys who are taking up scholarships and all that. BYU's pretty much maxed out on what they can take for their defensive line to keep everything within reason with regards to scholarship allocation and distribution. Victory Vaca entering the transfer portal, and you wish him nothing but the best. He he is moving on. He announced that he got an offer from Vanderbilt, and I wish victory nothing but the best as he moves forward here. BYU decided it was best for him to move on. He decided it was time for him to move on. So you say, hey, move on now, but he was not a scholarship player. So he opens up a roster slot for BYU, but he does not open up a scholarship spot. If BYU wants to bring in a grad transfer or just a transfer defensive lineman, you've got to have one go out to bring one in, speaking of a scholarship player. Guys are not just going to transfer to BYU you just to play football in very many cases. There are some guys like that. Houston Haymuley and a guy that, excuse me, Houston Haymuley is a guy who has decided that for his final year, he's totally fine being a so-called Built Bar athlete for BYU. Obviously, taking that money that Built Bar is offering to all BYU walk-ons to essentially pay for their scholarship in terms of their tuition, all of that stuff. 
There, for every Houston out there, there are 10 guys out there who are like, well, give me a scholarship and I'll consider it. So if BYU wants to find actual help for their defensive line in the form of scholarship players in the transfer portal, you've got to have some guys leave the program to open up scholarships. Could BYU find a spot maybe for one guy, whether it's a linebacker or at defensive line, if it's just an absolute game changer in their mind who is just a star in the making? Sure, they could do that. But as it stands right now, BYU they've kind of maxed out their slots with regards to their defensive line. Linebacking core, you could quibble with a little bit. Maybe they could find one spot, but I actually think the linebacking core, should it stay healthy, should be okay in 2022. The other thing about this, just as an extended note on this, is the BYU defense as a whole, all their starters coming back next year, and there's a lot of young guys who contributed a very high level down the stretch of 2021 that you would imagine with another year of seasoning, another year of work in the weight room, going through spring ball and training camp, just the overall progression of playing football for another year, you would think there would be uh, improvement for the BYU defense as a whole in 2022. I'm sincerely hopeful of that, but at the same time, if you have a way of upgrading the roster, upgrading your talent base, you absolutely pursue that. So that hopefully those answer your questions, Aggie fan Dan, as well as Nick. We'll get to more questions here momentarily. First, though, I need to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. They're wishing you guys a happy new betting year, obviously, with the new year underway. They are continuing their run in the playoffs. We've seen Wild Card Weekend play out this past weekend and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all of your sports wagering action for 2022. It's a brand new year, but they have a brand new updated desktop and mobile website at betonline.ag, which you can sign up for free at right now. That's betonline.ag. Sign up for free and also make sure you receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. Once again, that's a 50% welcome bonus using the promo code LOCKEDON, courtesy of our friends at betonline.ag. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends at Bet Online, as they are the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. That's Bet Online using the promo code Locked On where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms and soon to come on YouTube. Yes, you will be lucky enough to look at my lovely face if you so desire and listen to the podcast that way. Currently working on getting that all set up and hoping to have it up in the very near future. Let's continue on now with our Twitter Tuesday edition of the show. And our next question comes from our email. uh, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address for the podcast. Anytime you want to reach out, you can do that and David sends in this question Jake you may have addressed this before but obviously with BYU big men having some issues with so much depth being lost with the injuries to both uh, Gavin Baxter as well as Richard Harward being out for the season why does BYU not go get Colby Lee I hear he's selling cars in Utah County why can they not bring him in to help bolster the depth there David, I think I've addressed this, and I I don't recall exactly uh, what I have addressed and what I haven't addressed on that front, but I can tell you this much. The Kobe Lee ship has sailed. It's not going to be happening. There's not going to be a happy reunion of these two parties. You're not going to see him suiting up for BYU basketball ever again. I, I can... I'm 
fairly confident in saying that. And the reason I'm confident in saying that is because you would have to bring him in and he would still have to, I think, get into classes, which obviously would have already started, and he'd have to already be cleared by the NCAA. I just don't see that happening. And I think that would cause all kinds of issues with regarding to getting a waiver. Who knows what kind of shape he's in right now? He's probably been working out. I, I've got no doubt about that. He did put his name into the NCAA transfer portal. I have seen that out there actually reported as such that his name is in the transfer portal. So, in theory, he could continue to play college basketball, but the way he left BYU, the circumstances under which he left BYU, there is not a reunion coming between these two parties. And it's nothing personal, I don't feel like. I just think that Colby Lee feels like he was recruited over and essentially told that we have better options, we feel like, and we need your scholarship. He went to Dixie State hoping to play there, and I thought it was a good spot for him, but did not get into a grad program they needed to get into down there at Dixie State. The way I understand it is the program he was trying to go into at Dixie State is actually one of their more premier programs and only accepts a certain amount of people every single year, and he didn't get in. So circumstances be what they were. He came back to Utah County. He's been selling cars at a local car dealership, and hey, I wish him nothing but the best, but I think the clearest answer as to why a reunion between Colby Lee and BYU men's basketball will not be happening came in the form of an Instagram post from his wife, Kayla Lee. Kayla obviously was a member of the BYU women's basketball program. She announced in late November on her Instagram account that she has given up playing for at least this year. I don't know what the future will hold for her with regards to her playing career. It sounds like some just plaguing or long-term nagging type knee injuries just have really hampered her overall quality of life and she has decided that she is done playing for at least this year but she's rooting on the BYU women's hoops team obviously and probably I would guess on scholarship in that regard still for another year but she said this on January 5th on her Instagram account and this is the exact quote only want him in a uniform that stands behind him and believes in what he can do with the hands up emoji uh, so I think that explains everything you need to know It'd be a fun thing to see these two parties reunite and obviously Colby be a depth piece that BYU could rely on because he was a really, really good player in some big circumstances for BYU when they had a Darth of Big Men previously, but... I just think how it's looking right now, yeah, that reunion is not going to happen. And when a wife speaks, well, the man tends to listen. So if Kobe had any illusions of potentially going back and playing for Mark Pope and company, I think his wife has spoken for him. So hopefully that answers your question, David. But uh, it's it's unfortunate because it would be a really, really fun story of redemption and reun- reuniting, all that fun stuff. But yeah. It ain't happening. All right, another question coming in here as we continue on here on Locked On Cougars via email once again. This one comes in from Kylie, and this was actually an interesting question to me because I brought up on the postcast edition I did Saturday night that I'm just kind of out on Seneca Knight. I thought he was a pretty decent addition via the transfer portal for BYU when he signed. I thought that his accolades, being a former All-Mountain West Conference performer for San Jose State, I thought he'd bring more to the BYU basketball program. But at this juncture, I just don't see it. Uh, and that's just my personal opinion. So Kylie asked this question, Jake, can you explain exactly why Seneca Knight is not working out for BYU? And can you explain why you're advocating for a guy like Hunter Erickson to maybe get the minutes over him? Well, Kylie, to answer your question, I think that the simple fact of the matter is I just don't see what Seneca Knight is offering that other guys on BYU's roster can offer at this time. He's not shooting it at a high clip. He's not a playmate 
playmaker in the sense that T. John Lucas is a distributor and can set up his teammates to really have success. He's not the scorer that Alex Barcelo is. He doesn't provide a post presence like Caleb Lohner. He doesn't offer the rebounding that Caleb Lohner brings or any of the other big men that BYU have on the roster. Atiki Ali, Atiki, Fustriori, etc. I just don't see what Seneca Knight is doing that is making BYU better. And hopefully that makes sense. I, I, I would sincerely hope that he uh, would have an uptick and prove me wrong. I've always said this. I am all about guys coming out and showing me what they can do and proving to me that they are the option that BYU thought they were when they came to Provo. Will that ultimately play out? I don't know, but I love when guys prove me wrong. I Let me be very clear about that. I just see right now that Seneca Knight is not a guy that is contributing to a high level of success for the BYU men's basketball program. I am very high on some of these young bucks that BYU has in the pipeline. Hunter Erickson, to me, um, some people call him the blonde Rufio, whatever you want to call him. He is a good player, and I loved watching him in high school. I cover, obviously, prep sports for my radio station, the Zone Sports Network, and I've watched Hunter Erickson quite a bit at the high school level. I was very excited when he was announced he was going to BYU and signed with the Cougars. I would love to see him get more of an opportunity, because in the limited minutes we've seen him this year, I've actually thought he's looked very, very good in the role he's taken on. There is still plenty of time for him to contribute in his BYU career because he's very young relatively in his eligibility, whereas Seneca Knight, he was a one-for-one. He's a grad transfer. He's coming in. He's got one year of eligibility remaining. So despite my thought on this, I don't think BYU is going to bench Seneca Knight at least for the next game. I don't see that happening. I could be wrong about that, but I just want to see some of these young guys be given an opportunity to show what they can do. Similar to Hunter Erickson, a guy like Trey Stewart. He was a very highly thought of guy when he signed with BYU. His dad is an assistant coach at the BYU women's basketball program. Trey was a guy at the high school level that I was all geeked to see at the college level because I thought he had all of the tools to contribute. He is also a freshman. He's still very, very young, so he's got time on his side. I just... I don't see what Seneca Knight is offering to BYU right now that is contributing and proving to me that, yes, he is a reason why BYU is winning games. I can point to almost every other guy in BYU's rotation and point out exactly why they're a part of the rotation. Seneca Knight, I'm having a hard time identifying what he does that contributes to a win for BYU basketball. So that is where I kind of sit on this. That That's why I am, quote-unquote, as I said, I'm out on Seneca Knight at the moment. But as I mentioned previously, and let me make this very, very clear, I'd love nothing more than for Seneca Knight to come out against San Diego this week or Portland, maybe in one of these two games this week, have a 20-point performance and turn around and shout to the cameras, CJ Catch, I proved you wrong. I'd love nothing more than that. He's not going to do that because he doesn't know who I am, and I would highly doubt he actually listens to my podcast. But I love when guys take things to heart that are said about them, written about them, that type of stuff. Use it as internal motivation and fuel for them to really go out there and prove what they can do. I want to see Seneca Knight succeed at BYU. I really do. But so far, uh, through what, now we're 19 games into the season? I just have not seen what to me screams to me, that's why he's on the court or that's why he's on the court. I just don't see that part of it.
hopefully that makes sense. All right, that's going to do it for the question and answer portion of today's podcast. I'd be happy to address any and all questions this week. A little bit of a dry week this week in terms of overall stuff I've got for you guys. And of course, that could change in any given moment with news coming out, all of that stuff. And if it does, I'll address it. But if you guys have questions, I would love for you guys to be a part of the podcast. I always love when you guys are part of this show and help drive it. You guys are obviously the people that help us with regards to the uh, conversation that we're having here with regards to topics, what you guys are interested in. I always want your guys' input. So anytime you guys have a question, feel free to reach out. Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to send those questions there, I'm absolutely happy to address them as well. My Twitter handle, Jacob C. Hatch. You can feel free to reach out any time you got questions, and I will do my absolute best to address them for you guys. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll round out today's show with the other news and notes involving BYU athletics you guys need to know about before we go on a Tuesday. First, though, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Of course, it is still January. A lot of you probably are still in the midst of really adopting or adapt, not adopting, adapt. Well, you've adopted your New Year's resolutions. You're now adapting to life with those. New Year's resolutions, I hope. I hope you have not given up on them already, but if you are trying to eat better or get in shape or anything with regards to your health, make Built Bar part of your plan. I can speak to this because they have been a big part of my success in losing weight over the past year. It was not necessarily a New Year's resolution I had in 2020 to lose weight, but I can tell you this much. Built Bar has been a huge part of me being able to lose that weight, and I would encourage you guys to give it a shot as well. They are the perfect replacement for those high-calorie or sugary treats out there because guess what? They're covered in 100% chocolate, but the more important thing is they're healthy for you guys. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can compare that to any other candy bar. It's no question what the more healthy alternative is, and that is our friends at Built Bar. More importantly, as a BYU fan, you can support BYU. BYU Athletics and BYU Football in particular by supporting our friends at Built Bar. They have a name, image, and likeness agreement with all BYU football players, as we've already acknowledged on today's show. Houston Haymuley, a guy who is going to be part of BYU's football program as a so-called Built Bar athlete. Well, the way you can help support that is by buying your Built Bars at Built.com. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. You heard that right. A 15% savings on the best taste protein bars anywhere and the best part is you're supporting BYU football in the process that's once again promo code locked 15 at built.com support BYU football by supporting our friends at built bar all right my friends before we go on this Tuesday edition of the show we already acknowledged it earlier on on today's show but I did want to reiterate it BYU women's basketball they are now the number 17 team in the country moving up in the AP top 25 poll that was released on Monday I think this is actually a really nice acknowledgement for this women's team the West Coast Conference is not one of the who's who in women's hoops like it is in men's hoops obviously Gonzaga being a top ranked men's program is going to bring all kinds of attention and that's going to help BYU but I think the women's program they get a little overlooked in the West Coast Conference, but it's good to see BYU ranked in the top 20. Uh, the only team they have lost to this year, sitting at 14-1 and one on the year, is the University of Oklahoma, and the Sooners are ranked number 14, so not too far ahead of BYU, and the Cougars just continue to roll. They're absolutely obliterating their opposition right now, and it's really fun to see. 
I'll say it once, I'll say it again. If you have not taken some time to watch this women's hoops team play, you're missing out on some high-level basketball. I've talked about the fact that I feel like BYU men's basketball is a little bit of a grind to watch. It's a little different with the women's hoops team. This is very much a team that has a high, fun, free-flowing type of basketball. It's just it's a fun product. So if you're looking for something to watch, I would encourage you guys, give the women's hoops program a chance. I think they are a very, very fun team to watch, and they would be worth watching, and they would obviously love your guys' support of the program. All right, now, one other question I forgot to acknowledge this. I missed this earlier on. I actually came to my Twitter feed. That's our good friend Matthew Detweiler. And Matthew reaches out and says, how do we lose the Jackson Dart sweepstakes? Well, Matthew, I can tell you this much. They haven't lost the Jackson Dart sweepstakes. I know Jackson visited Ole Miss in Oklahoma over the weekend. There are pictures of him uh, checking out both teams, wearing their uniforms, all of that stuff. I can tell you this much. Based on what I understand as of recording of this podcast, I'm recording this on Monday night. I believe that BYU is still in the mix for Jackson Dart. I, I don't know. I can't put a number on the chances, if like percentages, that he ends up picking BYU or anything like that. But BYU's not out. So Jackson, I, I, I just don't think Jackson has made a decision one way or the other on what his future is going to be. He is too smart of a guy to just go out there, take pictures in Norman or take pictures at Ole Miss, and then be like, well, that should suffice. So that's going to announce where I'm going. No, he is going to evaluate all options. Will he visit BYU? I don't necessarily think that he will, honestly. I don't think he needs to. He knows what BYU offers. This is a kid who grew up in this state, played at Roy High School, played at Corner Canyon, made multiple visits to BYU unofficial etc. He knows what the Cougars offer. I can tell you this much. Based on my conversations with enough folks, had he decided to play college football here in the state of Utah, it would have been at BYU. And I still think that probably holds true. If he decides he wants to come home and play football here locally, I think it's going to be playing for the Cougars. That is my personal opinion on the matter. Obviously, things can change, and obviously, he has got no shortage of suitors for his signature as a transfer. They would love to bring him into the program because he showed some really nice things as a freshman at USC. BYU would be lucky to get him, but I do think that there are going to be a lot of things that have to happen to get BYU on top of this list, and I think the biggest thing is he's got to decide he wants to come home and play in the state of Utah. He already left the state once. Why would he not consider staying outside the state to play his college ball? Uh, I think that's pretty clear. So let me answer your question, Matthew, by saying that we, uh, that we, if you want to speak in the proverbial we, BYU is what he's talking about. How did we? BYU has not lost the Jackson Dart sweepstakes. It's not over yet. But I do think there has to be a decision made as to if Jackson Dart wants to play his college football at home here in Utah versus staying out of state for his college, the rest of his college career. There you go. Hopefully that addresses your question. Hopefully gives you an answer that is satisfactory to your liking. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you for all your guys' support of the podcast. As always, thank you for all of your questions. It's so much fun to hear from you guys and interact with you and answer the questions you guys have got for me. All right, that's going to do it. Big thank you once again for making us your first listen to the day. Stay tuned tomorrow, by the way. Hoping to hit this on tomorrow's show, but if news interrupts it, we'll get to it on Thursday. Going to have an exclusive conversation with Houston Haymuley, the new fullback slash running back for the BYU football program. Had a great conversation with him. Planning on playing it on tomorrow's show, barring something unforeseen popping up in the news. We'll get to that, so stay tuned. This should be a fun, fun conversation I'm excited to share with you guys. Also, make sure you guys check out Locked On Bets. Make that your second listen of the day. It is your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. 
out there. I would encourage you guys to check that out as we round out this edition of Locked On Cougars. So that'll do it. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 18th, 2022. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.